Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim, and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. This week, we're looking back at some of the more underrated black sitcoms as we put Rock up against the Hughleys. And we take a special look at the brilliant, marvellous Jeffersons. George Jefferson, where have you been all my life? And without further ado, let's get started. And uh, joining me as ever, it's producer Paul. Hey man, how's it going? Yeah, good thanks, good thanks. We've got another week. I think next week's the last Black History Month, so... Uh, yeah, it's been a... This week's been cracking week. Yeah, I've... I've really loved all three shows i think it's going to be difficult picking between rock and the hughleys yeah because they're quite similar but then different in the sense of like where they kind of stand yeah i mean i've been calling them the hughleys all week (laughs) the hughleys yeah yeah Yeah, that's i think that's the british isn't it because you say hughes don't we we don't say hughes no hughes like hughes mark hughes and but they were like Hughleys, so yeah, that's uh, yeah, that'll be good. Um, just a quick note on uh, Caroline Flack. I mean, found out just before like recording, and man, that is just so devastating because obviously, if you're not from the UK, that fair enough. But she was like a, a big television personality, and uh, just hearing about her like passing away that's just it's so so sad it just goes to show like you don't know what anybody's dealing with um, yeah and it, you know someone could appear fine and 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 you know and, and great on the on the surface but they're dealing with some real demons yeah and i i think it was one of those where she could have got the help and i i don't think she got it yeah yeah very very sad because I remember like her on X Factor and Extra Factor when I used to watch those shows. Like she was, she was great in those shows. Yeah, like, really, really good. So, and obviously, I I don't watch Love Island. I have no interest in Love Island. It doesn't do a damn thing for me, and it never ever will. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that show will come to an end, which won't be the most devastating thing in the world. I wouldn't be that sad about the show to be fair. <laughs> no. Right, let's uh let's go on to our regularly scheduled podcasting. And we're going to start with The Jeffersons. So that's going back to January 1975. And some of the things happening in the world. Bangladeshi Parliament disposes of Premier Sheikh Mejibur Rahman who was actually the founding father of Bangladesh. Erno Rubik applies for a patent for his magic cube invention, later to be known as... Rubik's Cube! Woo! Can you solve it? No, I can't. I can. It bothers me. No, you can't. Nobody can solve Rubik's Cube. That's the whole point of Rubik's Cube. Convicted Watergate conspirators John W. Dean III, Jeb Stewart... Magruder and Herbert W. Kalmbach were released from prison after serving sentences ranging from four months to seven months. Rollerball was in the cinemas and Miss Grace by the Times was number one. 
So now we're going to American sitcom The Jeffersons. It ran for 11 seasons with a total of 253 episodes. It was one of the longest running sitcoms and the second longest running American series with a primarily African American cast, which was surpassed by 2012 Tyler Perry's House of Pain by one episode. And obviously it was one of the first to prominently feature a married interracial couple. The story is all about George and Louise Jefferson, who are a prosperous African-American couple who have been able to move from Queens to Manhattan, owing the success of George's dry cleaning business. And it was actually launched as the second spin-off of the All in the Family, which the Jeffersons had been neighbours of Archie and Edith Bunker, who I think were the main characters of All in the Family. And... I think it was like a traditional sitcom in the sense that they had, you know, the gags and the laughs, but they did deal with a lot of issues like alcoholism, racism, suicide, gun control, transgender, the KKK, adult literacy, obviously the epithets of nigger and honky were used occasionally, particularly during like the early seasons. And... It was kind of sad the way it did end because it kind of got, I think CBS abruptly cancelled it without allowing for it to have a proper finale. And the cast were not informed until after the episode Red Robins and Sherman Helmsley, who plays George Jefferson, said that he learned that the show was cancelled by reading it in a newspaper. Wow, that's incredible. So that's pretty crappy, isn't it? Why was it cancelled, do you know? No idea. And um, so the actress who played Louise, she heard the cancellation through her cousin who read it in the tabloids and publicly stated that she found it to be disrespectful without having a proper finale. And... Per an article in the Los Angeles Times in May 1985, the series was cancelled by announcement at the CBS Network upfront presentation the day before. And yeah, as I was telling you prior to recording, that they make an appearance in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air as themselves and also Sherman Helmsley plays Judge Robertson. And I was obviously yeah telling you the scene where um, Will and Lisa they they're not sure if they want to get married or not, so they decide to go counselling, and they meet the Jeffersons who are playing themselves playing 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 the, themselves or the Jeffersons, and there's a bit where George Jefferson has to say, I think was it like three nice things about his wife, and so she's like, well. Go on then, George. Say, say something nice about me. And he's like, Okay then, Wheezy. Your mother's dead. Your mother's gone. Your mother ain't coming back. It's just the way he said it. Even like the whole, like his mannerisms, even in the show. And even when he's like Judge Robertson. And he's running up against uh, Philip Banks to become, uh, to become Judge. 
And so he comes to the family and he's like introducing himself to the family. He goes up to Hillary and he thinks he's Vivian. He's like, Vivian, you get younger as the years go by. And Hillary's like, uh, I'm Hillary. And then Philip is like, Vivian is over there. And he just takes one look and he's like, you've aged. <laughs> and then he walks past Jeff and he's like, Benson, I didn't know you were here. <laughs> just being, he's like playing George Jefferson. And it's just, he's, he's just brilliant. Like, I just, I, I love him. I love him almost as much as I love Steve Urkel. And yeah, so it was, like I said, it was kind of set up in the 1975 family of All in the Family. So they had a, an episode title called The Jeffersons Move Up. And so they basically, they're moving on up as the theme song alludes to moving on up to the bigger side of town. And yeah, yeah, basically um, the reason why he managed to afford that was his car was rear-ended by a bus and then he files a civil action and wins $3,200, which was enough to open his first store in Queens and then it becomes a chain and then it grows to a big old business that he owns. And then along the way, they meet Tom and Helen Willis with an who are an interracial couple with two children of their own. And the common gag of the show was George slamming the door in Bentley's face mid-conversation. And because Bentley also had a bad back, he would al always get George to walk on his back. And as I was talking about the theme song, which was co-written by Janet Dubois and Jeff Barry. Janet Dubois was in Good Times. She was the... Um, she played the friend. And uh, played the friend of the wife. I can't remember names right now. I'm, I'm getting as bad as you now with names. <laughs> I was going to say, please don't ask me what her <laughs> name was. And she actually does sing the song with a gospel choir. And Sammy Davis Jr. recorded a cover version of the song in 1978. Some awards that they won. So they received 14 Emmy Award nominations during its time in the air. Marla Gibbs was nominated for Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series each year from 1981 to 1985. Sherman Helmsley was nominated for Best Actor in 1984. Larry M. Harris won the Emmy for Outstanding Videotape Editing for a Series in 1983. Isabel Sanford, that's it, Isabel, who plays Louise, was nominated for seven consecutive Best Actress Emmys from 1979 until 1985. And her victory in 1981 made her the first African-American actress to win an Emmy for Best Actress in a Comedy Series and the second to win any Emmy Award. And yeah, just quickly run through the characters before I pass on to you. So obviously, yeah, Sherman Helmsley plays George Jefferson. Isabel Sanford plays Wheezy or Louise Jefferson. Lionel Jefferson, who was the son, was played by Mike Evans and also Damon Evans. Roxy Roker plays Helen Willis. And one really cool fact about her is that she is the mother of Lenny Kravitz. Really? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Well, was the mother. She um, she sadly isn't here. Anymore. Anymore. 
And uh, Thomas is played by Franklin Cover. Mother Jefferson was played by Zara Cully until her death in 1978. Jenny, who's the daughter of Tom and Helen, is played by Berlinda Tolbert. Harry Bentley is played by Paul Benedict. And Florence Johnson is played by Marla Gibbs. I, straight out the gate, I love this show. This is elite sitcom absolutely outstanding and what 1975 that means what 45 years yeah ago and it still the jokes hold up i was laughing throughout watching this pretty much like non-stop laughter like it, this was this was top top notch for me top notch i think um first i was just gonna say I like watching the shows and then listening to your run through of all the facts and yeah, stuff yeah. like that because it gives like the the whole show another kind yeah. of level. Um, I really like the show. I'd never I'd never seen it before. Don't know if you uh, you'd ever. I seen mean, it. I've heard of the Jeffersons. I, I've heard of Moving On Up and yeah. the theme song. Like I've heard of it, but I'd never actually. Yeah, seen I was aware it. of its existence, which yeah. is like more than you can say for the other two shows we're going to yeah. watch. Yeah, and. The first thing that I noticed was how um, George Jefferson talks to his wife <laughs> because it made me so uncomfortable. Like, how we would, like, uh, just straight up, just like, you are such a her. modern man. No, yeah, but I was like, honestly, I sent you a, a gif of like the grave graveyard, right? Because yeah. I was like, this is where I'd be if I ever, if I ever yeah, uttered yeah, any yeah. of these words to my wife. And I was like, Damn. Uh, <laughs> yeah, listen here, Wheezy. I ain't gonna tell you again. You better get her out of the house before I do something about it. Don't make me lose my temper, Wheezy. Yeah, that sounds like I was, I was a bit like, oh, uh, all right. But, but <laughs> the show was really good, and I thought the um, one of my favorite characters was the um, is it Bentley? Bentley, the, yeah. the English guy. He just there's no kind of real point apart from like comedy for yeah, him yeah yeah and it just kind of comes in comedy relief steals the scene and then like yeah. gets his door gets the door slammed <laughs> on his face but i really enjoyed that what um, do you want bentley you know i like the uh not the bellboy but the the guy that always comes up and gives like his laundry or whatever and he's always asking for money i didn't see that, that like guy. the the guy who just comes in and i don't i don't know what the official title is but it's not bellboy but it's um concierge that's it yeah so he will come in and like george would just be like yeah what do you want and he'd be like oh i got your dry cleaning for you i've only managed to get half of it the other half is downstairs and he goes oh well you can only have half the tip (laughs) (laughs) just but yeah i just i love how belligerent he is i just and because he's so short as well so he's like always with like with the short jokes yeah I love like the the back and fro with back and fro yeah with the uh, Flo or Florence who's like the the maid, and I like that she gives as good as she gets with with George, which which she'd be like oh when the doorbell would ring she'd be like oh he'd be like oh get the door Florence and she'd be like it ain't for me you go and get the door your damn self like I just loved that whole interaction that they had she was yeah one of my favorites other than other than george what's the name of the daughter uh of um the interracial 
couple. What's their daughter's name? Because I thought that was Florence's whole Jenny, time. isn't it? Jenny. Okay, cool. That's just I had that mixed Florence up. Florence was head. the maid. What was the other maid's name? In the first episode, there was like two maids. I don't, yeah, I, can't, I don't remember her name, but obviously Florence was like the main one. You just know she's just the main kind of thing, and she's yeah, like yeah. another one who's like a a scene stealer. Like she would just steal the scene, and just it's it's great. And also, there was another bit where there's like, um, I think um, we'll talk about it with the episodes run down. Um, they basically mourn um, the death of Bentley's parakeet. And Bentley's like, oh, I'm going to go get a, a black tie. And then George Jefferson's like, oh, why does everything negative have to be black? <laughs> black ball, black male, wearing black for a funeral. It's like, it's ridiculous. But he's like, and then and then Florence pipes over and goes, oh. And he's like, oh, nothing black is of value. And she goes, oh, well, when I got the blackjack in poker, that was $300 for me. That was valuable. <laughs> and she just piped up like that. It's just like little interactions like that. Like I thought the script, the scripting was, was magnificent. The jokes were funny. They're still funny. I was just like pretty much every scene I was laughing like it was so so good i think like normally like sitcoms especially take me a little while to get into yeah but i didn't find that with any of the shows this week i was yeah, kind of i was kind of straight in there like um i know really enjoyed it. i mean like once i got over the fact that okay that's just his character and like <laughs> you know the characters get their own back in their own little ways like, yeah after that i was like oh this is great but i do think um yeah obviously if they were doing the Jeffersons in 2020, it would, ne- it would oh, be yeah, it would. nothing of this. It wouldn't be broadcast. <laughs> That's it. There you go. The thing is, like, you know, I think that a lot of things were just, the, the world was a, a different place. And I think, like, they were c- still dealing with issues of, like, race yeah. and, and, you know, sexism and stuff like that. Then. Yeah, yeah. Um, And now we've kind of, we're on to a different battle, I think. mm we're 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 on a we're on a more higher moral course because as you were saying, no one in their right mind would speak to their wife like that. Yeah, because they'd get killed. <laughs> and uh, I mean, Leia, let's 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 go into episodes because, like I said, I watched I watched a ton. So, Man. um, let me go first then because yeah, as always, I as mean, a- you, you had like eleven seasons to watch, so. Oh yeah, so I watched the the pilot. Um, obviously, I got to watch the pilot, right? Yeah. And one thing I noticed in this one and the Hewleys, because this one it was the only one that they're kind of like upper class. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Kind of thing. So there's there's like um there's like a conflict between like um the class like from someone that's come from a lower class family and then gone up to to upper class or middle class or whatever you want to say, then there seems to be this like um, conflict mm. of like, are you losing touch with your your roots kind of thing? Yeah. You know? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and I found that really interesting um, because like, you've got the George Jefferson, he wanted to be rich and he's like, he likes the status and he likes all this, the, the material things and yeah. that he's able to do things and things like that. And he comes, becomes kind of a snob. Yeah. Whereas his wife kind of goes the other way and she's like, 
trying to stay in touch with her roots. She's friends with the maid and she won't hire the maid because then that means she's above her. And and I thought that was really interesting little um, little kind of play there. Um, and so the whole episode was kind of about that. Yeah. Kind of class internal conflict. And yeah, so and it kind of resolves itself where like she ends up kind of resolving her issues and she gets the maid and, mm. and things like that. And that's kind of an intro to all the characters anyway. But I think, yeah, it kind of balances out because they end up getting like a belligerent, sassy... Yeah, exactly. ...maid yeah. who gives as good as she gets. So yeah, precisely. So... Um, I think she ends up living with them as well. Oh, does she? I, d- yeah. I, d- I didn't get to that bit in the story, I think, because I was hopping and skipping everywhere. Um, and yeah, and then my other note was like, my shock in the first episode was just how how he spoke to her, yeah. <laughs> um, which later on just becomes part of the show, you know. Uh, then I went on to series two, episode five, which was about they um, George and Wheezy have their anniversary, and then at the door comes his mother, yeah, and she's always really nice to her son, but she's horrible to the wife. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think she, she first thing she gives her a gift, and then tells her off for trying to open it whilst George isn't in the room. Yeah. As soon as George comes in the room, she's like, "Why haven't you opened the present yet?" And when she does open it, it's cufflinks for him anyway. <laughs> um, and then she grabs the newspaper and she's like, "Oh, I'm just doing this newspaper, uh, doing the crossword because." all the mistakes have been made or whatever. And then she goes, oh yeah, George did that earlier. And she goes, oh, but I suppose you could spell it like this. And then, <laughs> you know, um, and is it, I've just written Valentine's Day. Maybe it was Valentine's or the anniversary. Anyway, so they get bicycles and Bentley has been storing them in his house and he kind of comes uh, in, comes in with the bicycles. Yeah. Um, And it turns out that the whole reason he wants to do bicycles to go on bike rides is because he noticed that this businessman that he wants to kind of do business with yeah, yeah. rides through the park on his own and then it comes they they return from the bike ride and uh, he's smashed up his bike and it turns out that he's he's ridden into a, poli- a mounted police yeah, policeman yeah. <laughs> and the bike's a mess and he's like uh, and he's annoyed because he can't even say that the police policeman was being racist to him because the policeman was black yeah um <laughs> um I didn't like the end of the... So I think he... Oh, okay, yeah. So he kind of leaves. He gets in a big mood um, with his wife because, yeah. you know, they have a bit, bit of an argument. And he leaves. Um, and then after a little while, she's kind of like... She brings all her friends and she's kind of like, oh, I'm really sad because we've never had an argument like this. Yeah. Um, and then he comes back and he's sorry, just like any other guy would be after an argument, I think, after <laughs> they swallowed their pride. Um, then I went on to series three, episode 10, um, which was a story about all, all George wanted to do is have a nap. Right. Um, and his wife said, no, I've got my friends coming around. You can't nap on the sofa. Um, so she's kind of getting annoyed because he won't, won't go into the bedroom to nap. He just said, no, this is my day. This is the day I'll do nothing. This is my Sunday. Oh, I think I've watched this. Yeah, it was great. Jenny's discovery. I think it's called. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't write the episode name. I just wrote. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I think it's when she's talking about the. Because when she thinks she's, got cold he's feet. in a, a a bus crash. Yeah, yeah. So they. Yeah. So if it turns out that Bentley's got tickets to see the football game. Yeah. 
but he can't go because he's got some other commitment or something. Yeah, yeah. He's got, he's got, I've got really good seats. They're on the last row, so when when the football goes up in the air, you don't have to look up. <laughs> <laughs> um, which I thought was quite funny. Um, yeah, and then yeah, so they go to the football game, but they have to take the bus because the trains yeah, are on strike yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, and the what's the white guy's name? Is it Tom? I can't remember. Anyway, the white guy. The so, white guy. Well, uh, he's literally the only white guy in it, right? Yeah, it's Tom. Yeah, I was Tom. right. Cool. So Tom says, like, um, trying to convince George to go with him. So, because he's been basically sent out by his wife. And all all the guys <laughs> have basically been sent out by the women. Yeah. Because yeah. they want to pick out China for the wedding and do the, whatever the girls wanted to do. Yeah. So... He's kind of convincing George. Go, come on, we'll get the bus. Come on, don't worry. I'll let you ride up front. Okay, I, I, I. You know what? I completely missed that joke. Oh, that that joke like really got me. <laughs> I, I, I must have missed that joke. Cause I, I no, I did watch this episode. I think it was because I was watching just recently. I was watching that movie, Hidden Figures. Right. About the women that were working on the Apollo mission. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there was like. All the segregation was going on was actually getting in, in, yeah, in, in yeah, you know, yeah. It was interfering with the the the, the missions, um, and I think they do a scene where there's like, on the bus is like, mm-hmm. blacks at the back and yeah, white, yeah, you know, whites yeah. at the front and stuff, um, and then yeah, so that that joke of just like, come on, we'll let you ride <laughs> out the front, you know, just to like, is I thought it was quite funny, um. Uh, yeah, then they go on the wedding and then Bentley comes in and goes, I'm listening to my shortwave radio and I've heard on the police scanners that there, there's been a bus crash and like some people have died and this and that and the other. Yeah. And me, in, the mean, in the meanwhile, um, what's the son's name? Jefferson's son's? Lionel. Lionel's like, Lionel's wife-to-be is um, having cold feet and she's yeah. kind of like, oh, I don't know if I want to marry him, I don't know if I love him and this and that and the other. And then when she hears about a bus crash, she's like, oh my God, I love him. Uh, <laughs> um, and then it turns out that they missed the bus because I think... Um, George wanted George, to go to the toilet or something. Yeah, he wanted to yeah. go to the toilet. And then anyway, they ended up in a bar just drinking for the yeah. afternoon. Um, and then the women were like, oh, it's really good. I'm, I'm so glad you didn't die. And then, but they, in the meanwhile, they've been putting the world to right. Like, uh, whilst they've been <laughs> drinking and they kind of come home and the women are just kind of slamming back down again. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyways, three really, really good episodes. Really, the script was fantastic. Um, the story was was re- was really cool. Some like you know some cool twists and yeah. Um, every character had their bit to 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 give to the show, and I thought that was really really good. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, yeah, like I said, I I I did watch the uh, the pilot too. Obviously, called a friend in need, and obviously Wheezy is a bit apprehensive about wanting to hire a maid because she doesn't want to feel like superior over someone and then obviously George is like well Wheezy we can afford it now let's go get us a maid and, and all and all this stuff like oh the house is dirty we need a maid and it's like you know you're not going to do it so we might as well just get a maid to do it and then by hiring Florence they learn that you can move on up without looking down upon others because Florence she will give as good as she gets and she won't be treated like she's like serving yeah it'll always be right this is who I am but if you give it to me I'm gonna I'm gonna give it right back yeah um I watched uh George's Skeleton from episode six of season one 
So this was basically there's a an old friend who comes to town and he's threatening to expose a, an embarrassing secret of George's past unless he's paid him full. I can't seem to remember what the the big secret was. I think I, I can't remember what the big secret was, but then he basically tells his wife and his child what the big secret was anyway. So you d they didn't have to like worry about what it was or that kind of thing and the friend's like oh you're you're stupid why would you do that he's like oh so you can't blackmail me and you can't you know extort me for money and and try and take like money money from my business and then episode eight i watched was mother jefferson's boyfriend and basically she she has a boyfriend george doesn't like him and she's like oh well her new boyfriend has proposed and they plan to move to Florida. Now, uh, Louise is like really happy because she doesn't like how Mother Jefferson's always sniping at her, whether it's her cooking, whether it's what she's wearing. And she's all for this marriage. She goes, oh, it's really, really good. Let them go away. And he's like, oh, I don't know, Wheezy. I don't trust him. Does he have a job? And he's like, well, he's retired. See, I knew there's something wrong with the Wheezy. He ain't got no money. He ain't gonna look after my mom. And he's like, oh, I ain't gonna let you marry him, mama. And all that, and all that, and all that stuff. And and it turns out that she really doesn't want to get married, and neither does he. And so by the time he's all by the time he's all for it, Mother Jefferson's like, Oh, I don't really want to marry him. And he's also like that as well. He's like, Oh, I don't really want to marry her. And then by the time she tells him, he's all like, Oh, really? You don't want to marry me? Are you sure about that? And he obviously inside he's like, "Yes, get in there. I'm not getting <laughs> married." But he's all like, "Oh, well, I'm I'm really sorry you feel this way and is there anything that I can do to change your mind and all this stuff?" Like really milking it and she's like, "Well, no, like I don't want to marry you." You know what I mean? On your bike. Yeah. And then I watched the uh season 2 finale which was The Wedding. So basically, George wants to renew his vows with Louise because he saw that Harry Belafonte did it. So he wants to be like Harry Belafonte, but she has a price. She wants to be equal partner in the dry cleaning business. And obviously, he's like, no. And she's like, oh, are we not partners? And he's like, are we partners? But we're not partner partners. And he's like, there's no way in hell I'm going to sign half of my business to you, Wheezy. And he's like, stop fooling around. We got all these guests out there. Let's go and get married. And she's like, oh, I'm not going to marry you unless you agree. And so it's just like digging her heels. And she's like, oh, well, if you don't like, if you don't want to be equal partners with me, if you don't think that this marriage is a, a partnership, not you just over me or whatever. And he's all, and, and I love how he's like, oh, there's lots of things good. You can do wheezy. You can cook my dinner when I get home and, you know, being like the, the typical man. He's like, oh, you cook, you clean. That's what you do. I'm going out getting the bacon and all that stuff. Yeah, like, oh, I'm getting the bacon. You're going to cook it. That's how it should be and all that. Giving it, giving it all that. And she's like, oh, well, she's not even in a wedding dress. She's like wearing like her normal casual clothes or whatever. I love Mother Jefferson's like, oh, that's a lovely dress. And it's like, oh, it's my <laughs> home dress. <laughs> And then in the end, he's like, fine, fine, fine. And he's like, I'll, I'll put the prices down and I'll make you equal 
partners or whatever. He's like, five percent, ten percent. Come on, now, we just start playing. Twenty <laughs> percent. Weezy, come on now. And he's like, and then in the end, he's like, fine, fine, fine. We'll make you equal partners, and then they uh, they renew their their wedding vows. Do you and do you know who Harry Belafonte is? I was gonna say before you. There's two things. So first of all, I was gonna say, should I know who that is? And second of all, I was gonna say, and when you didn't say anything, the answer is no. Okay, I was gonna, when you didn't say anything, I was like, oh, thank God, I got away with that one. I'm amazed you knew who Lenny Kravitz was. Do you know why I know Lenny Kravitz? Quick anecdote. Um, <clears throat> so there was um, a cameraman I used to work with, um, and he. He told me a story. So basically, he looks a lot like Lenny Kravitz, and I'll show you a picture in a minute. Um, and he was in a hotel, right? That, yeah, yeah, That Lenny yeah. Kravitz was staying yeah. in, and all the hotel staff were being super nice to him. Like, oh, sir, come come here, do this, do that. And he was, like, loving it, and he couldn't work it out why, why they, the staff couldn't do enough for him. <laughs> and then I think he bumped into him, like, in the lift or whatever, and, he, and then he, and he clicked. He was like oh these guys think i'm you sort of thing um and this guy he looks a lot like lenny kravitz um well to his own admission so it's basically it's, it. it's the hair and the glasses basically. i don't see it well anyway they saw it um but you'll yeah. be more rugged if you're gonna look like lenny kravitz so you only know lenny kravitz because of that anecdote yeah you actually don't know his music and I, so I know now that I've learned from that that he was a musician and you know and God, you actually didn't know who Lenny Kravitz was. Yeah, I mean that was back in two thousand and twelve. Wow. Yeah. I was I was gonna like say like that, but then once you said, "Oh, really?" I thought, okay, he might know who Lenny Kravitz is, but you don't know who Lenny Kravitz is at all. If that if that, <laughs> if it wasn't if it wasn't for that anecdote, you would not have known who Lenny Kravitz is. I mean, it was like eight years ago that I learned who he was. That's ridiculous. He's been doing music since forever. Like, wow. You 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 don't know anybody. If I was ever to do a celebrity podcast, you would be like the last person I'd book. Because he's like, you don't know anybody. You'd be like, uh, talk about this person or who? <laughs> I mean, it's the number ones. I mean, I, I did confess that forget the number ones for a second some of them i don't you know what most of the times i don't know these songs it's just that they were number one at the time and i i'll always give it a quick listen before i did confess that music isn't my strong point on one of the other previous podcasts no but he's not just a musician he's like he's a big celebrity name like maybe i get it granted not anymore but like well you know not still yes lenny kravitz come on anyway um moving on uh, season three. So this is George and the no, president. No, no, whoa, 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 who's um? I've forgotten his name. Oh, great. Well, no, the guy that you said before, Harry Belafonte. Yeah, who's that? He's an actor. He's like he's like a famous black actor. He's been in like tons of films. He's like he's like a what's the word? He's he's not not groundbreaker, but like he's a you know Harry Belafonte crawled so that. Yeah, okay. A lot, a lot of other actors could run, like black actors and 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 what have you. So, all right, I just wanted to know. That's who uh, Harry Bloody Belafonte is. Anyway, yeah, season three, episode one, George and the President, and basically there's a a competitor, and he's come up with a really really cool advertising campaign, 
And so George decides to come up with one of his own. And he's basically claiming to be Thomas Jefferson's great, great, great grandson. Obviously with the name Jefferson. And so he's dressing up in like colonial clothes. And he's like, oh, I'm the great, 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 great grandson of Thomas Jefferson. And basically the whole family are taking the mick out of him. And Jenny's like, oh, oh, so how does it feel like being a zebra? Because obviously he keeps calling her zebra. That's like his running joke to her because obviously she's got a white dad and a black mum. And he's thinking, oh, yeah, gave birth to two little zebras. And he's always just making jokes about that. And they're all like making making fun of him. But he's like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't care as long as um, as long as this campaign makes me a, a whole a whole ton of money and what have you. So yeah, that was a, a really fun episode. Obviously, we talked about Jenny's discovery and season four. I watched George's legacy. So basically, he wants to be immortalized, and he's trying to find a way to do it. And so he wants like a bust of himself. And so basically, he decides to pay like a whole bunch of money to have a bust made. And is this basically him in like toga outfit? When he's like, everyone's gone and the whole family are just literally laughing at the whole thing. They're just like laughing at him and he's all like, well, I really like it. It looks really good. And they're like, oh, but why are you wearing like toga? It's not in fashion. It's not been in fashion since <laughs> the days of the Romans. And he's like, oh, well, you know, fashion wheezy. It comes and it goes. Who knows? Toga may be in fashion again. And he's all like, well, I like it. And they're all just like making fun of him and. He takes it to the shop where he goes, oh, I'm going to take it somewhere where it's going to be appreciated. So he puts it on the kind of like a a mantelpiece or like a stool. And in the end, he ends up breaking it by just knocking it over. (laughs) And they were like, oh, well, don't worry about it. You know, you don't need uh, a bust. Everyone's going to know your legacy. You've got a successful business in New York and so on and so forth. And then episode 19 was Florence's Union. So basically all of the maids, they kind of nominate Florence to be head of the maids union. And they want to hold a meeting in the Jefferson's apartment. And then George, he's like, initially he's all for it. He's like, oh yeah, the the maids have every right to want and demand like, you know, the basic demands that they have and so on and so forth. And then when he finds out that H.L. Whittendale, who's like the guy who owns the whole building where they live. He's against it. And all of a sudden he's like, oh, well, you and me, we, we think the same. I don't want them to form a union. It's ridiculous. They shouldn't, they shouldn't do it. And they're all like, oh, why do you change your mind? And he's all like, well, he wants to like suck up to Mr. Whittendale. He's like, oh, well, me and Mr. Whittendale, we're two successful businessmen. And we all think the same. And None of you maids deserve anything. And he's like to Florence, what are you going to make yourself useful? I'm going to make me a cup of tea. And she's like, oh, why are you going to make it your damn self? And they're all like, all the maids are like, oh, well, listen, shorty, if you don't help us and, and all this kind of stuff, we're going to come after you. And he's like, oh, who do you think you are? Like, oh, get out of my house. And so they all plan to have the meeting anyway. And so they try to get rid of George for the evening. <laughs> I think they're like, oh, go and watch the, uh, there's like a big boxing fight happening and basically they're all gonna host a meeting while george is away and they're all like he, they're struggling to get rid of him and they all come in the house and they all go into the powder room 
and they're like, like hide, 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 everyone quickly hide, quickly hide, and then he comes back, and they're all like hiding in the pad room, and he's like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? He's like, oh, there's nothing going on. What are you talking about? Nothing going on. And then he comes back because it was like a really, really short fight. And he's like, oh, what the hell's going on here? Like, who are all these people? Why are they all ho hosting the meeting at our house? And then Mr. Whittingdale comes and he's like, oh, what's going on here? Like, wh wh why is there a meeting? He's like, oh, well, I had no idea. I had no idea. They're all about to leave. And so in the end, he's Mr. Whittingdale's like talking to um, his own personal maid. And he's like, oh, well, do you want to keep your job? And obviously she's like, look, I've got kids in college. I can't afford to lose this job. And so she ends up leaving with Mr. Whittendale. And he's, and then all of a sudden, George just stands up for all of the maids. And he's like, oh, well, if they want to have their meetings, they can have it here anytime. If they want, they can have it at the shop. They can have it wherever they like. They have every right to 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 want better things and so on and so forth. And then Mr. Whittendale's just kind of like, oh, okay, fine. Like, I'm whatever i'm just gonna go which goes to show that he can be a, a nice guy sometimes and then season six episode one i told you i watched loads of these the announcement so basically lionel and jenny they um basically have some news that jenny's pregnant oh yeah this was just before the uh the funeral of uh, bentley's parakeet and so they were all like oh well i'm gonna um and obviously, like, George was just taking the mick out of Bentley and the whole funeral. And then George's like, oh, oh, have you never been to an animal cemetery? You might meet some of your relatives there. And they're like, who? Zebras. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and then Louise's like, oh, well, you might meet some of yours, George. And he goes, oh, yeah. Ooh, Wheezy. He's like, jackasses. <laughs> and obviously, you got the car going, woo, <laughs> and all that laugh tracks and what have you and, and so on and so forth and then before the funeral jenny tells who does she tell she tells her parents that oh look we're having a baby and so on and lionel's like look it was his idea to like not tell george because it's like if you tell george all he's gonna do is just gonna make fun of of the baby saying oh he's a zebra he's this and that and and whatever and then they're all whispering and obviously Florence finds out and they're like to Florence, look, you can't tell anybody. And then basically Florence is like, oh, and then Louise is like to Florence at the funeral. Oh, what are they whispering about? And she goes, oh, oh, they're whispering because um, Jenny's about to have a baby. And then Louise is like, what? And then Florence is like, oops, I wasn't supposed to say that. And then I don't know how. And then in the end, George finds out because he overhears and he's like to them, oh, why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you tell me? And all this stuff. And then Lionel's like, look, I didn't tell you because of the way I am. And he's like, what do you mean the way I am? And he goes, oh, you're just going to make jokes about the baby's race and, and all that stuff. And basically he meets Jenny on the roof. And he's like, look, you know, it doesn't matter what the baby's race is. He's like, I've, I've always liked you the best in terms of like all the girls Lionel's brought home. And he's like to her, look maybe it's time you stop calling me Mr. Jefferson. And she's like, oh, what do you want to call me? Dad? And he goes, no, call me George. And so that was a really nice moment between Jenny and and George. He's like, look, I'm going to always be there for your grandfather. I mean, grand, grand, 
for my <laughs> for my grandson. Sorry. Yeah, I'm always gonna be there for my grandson. As you were saying, oh, you're gonna make a really good gonna make a really good grandfather. And yeah, they have a they have a lovely moment on the roof. And I watched an episode called My Hero. And so basically George is basking in the limelight because he saves an elderly woman from a mugger and he basically apprehends the criminal that does it. But then the man, the criminal, escapes custody and he's basically going after George. And so George gets a bodyguard to like look after the house. And the bodyguard is very like overprotective. He's like almost like breaking Louise's hand when he's shaking it. <laughs> and he's like, oh, my name is Hugo. I don't like people making fun of my name. And he's like telling Louise, oh, Louise, don't do that. Don't make fun of his name. And he's like, Florence, you know what he loves? For you to make fun of his name. <laughs> he's like, oh, anybody who makes fun of my name, I'm just going to crush them. And so he's basically hanging around with them. And then basically Louise is like, oh, they've caught the criminal again. Then you don't have to have him around anymore. And so he's like, okay. And then he has to go to court to testify. And then he's basically going, um, Hugo, maybe come back and accompany me to court. That was another really fun episode. Guess who's not coming to dinner? That was the last episode I watched. And so basically they're trying to like host a surprise party for Florence to like appreciate her. And they consider her to be one of the family, one of like uh, one of their mates. But obviously they have to try and get her to come to the house. And so they make up all this kind of stuff. They're like, oh, um, we're having a dinner at Tom at Tom's house. And they're all like, oh, well, you are invited, but we want you to serve. And so she's like, oh, you want me to come to serve? She goes, and then they're like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you could have dessert with us. And obviously she's thinking like, oh, why am I going to come up there and, 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 and serve and whatever? And basically the kind of the, the, the backdrop of the story is that George buys this $500 bottle of wine. And obviously he goes, oh, it's, 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 it's so that it's classy. It's classy to have a, a bottle of wine. And then obviously Louise is like, why would you spend $500 on wine? And he's like, oh, it's for like classy events, classy joints. People are going to think we're classy. And then he's like explaining to her that, oh, you don't tell people it costs $500. You're like, oh, if you're asking what the price is, then it obviously means that you can't afford it. And so he puts it on the mantelpiece. He said, like, oh, this is for special occasions. It's very, very classy. And because Florence is really, really upset, the concierge guy comes up and they're basically drinking the wine, the $500 wine. She gets really, really drunk. She's like, oh, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to give all of them a piece of my mind. And she's basically going up there all drunk. She's like, oh, I can't believe you'd ask me to serve. How could you treat me like this? This is awful of you to do that. And then, they're re and then she realizes, oh, there's a kick going, oh, we love you, Florence. <laughs> she's like oh i feel so stupid i'm so sorry yeah you guys love me so on and so forth and they're all like oh where did you get the wine he's like and she's like oh well, i drank all the wine from downstairs and then george is like what that's a 500 dollar wine fool and she goes oh well it didn't taste like 500 dollar wine it tasted like 10 dollar wine he's basically trying to strangle her he's like i'm gonna get you and all this stuff and they're all basically trying to stop him from getting to Florence what have you and I think I think that was a pretty good last episode to watch actually 
Come to think of it, it was like, it was like a nice, nice story, nice nice kind of way to end, and it kind yeah. of shows, yeah, the the love hate relationship with George and 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 Florence the maid. She basically drinks his wine. He's like, oh, it wasn't even that good anyway. And he's just like, oh, how could you do that to me? And yeah, I mean, that's 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 the Jeffersons. And you basically finished it off like everybody else finished it off because it just got cancelled mid-season anyway. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much, pretty much. Wow, I mean, I think we've spoken about this program forever, haven't we? Nearly an hour on on just one show. It's just <laughs> that's how you know how how good it is. That's how you know it's, it's 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 so awesome. Obviously, yeah, being British, we'd never really get these kind of shows, but. Yeah, this the Jeffersons was outstanding, absolutely outstanding. I loved it so much. George Jefferson, he's he's an icon to this day. Like he is just the absolute best. Like I think he's like top five, top three sitcom characters of all time for me. Like he's just everything about him. I I preferred Bentley, but I see w- what you mean. How could you prefer Bentley? He's like a sideman in the piece. He's just so funny, man. <laughs> he just comes in and just so awkward and so oblivious to everything. Good evening, Mr. <laughs> and Mrs. J. It's so, so wonderful to be here. Yeah, with his weird accent of his. But no, yeah, it was the Jeffsons was 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 bloody brilliant. It was outstanding. Loved it. Right, let's finally move on now to the head-to-head. Let's start with Rock. And we're going back to August 1991 again, because I'm sure we've done some shows of that that came out in that month and year. So uh, Tim Berners-Lee releases files describing the idea for the World Wide Web. WWW debuts as a publicly available service on the internet. Conservative members of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union attempt to depose Mikhail Gorbachev in a coup d'etat. The Warsaw radio mast, the tallest construction ever built at the time, collapses. Doc Hollywood was in the cinema. And because Brian Adams was still number one in 1991, I decided to go to the song that was, I think, number two. And that was Now That We Found Love by Heavy D and The Boys. That was in the charts in August 1991. So we go on to Rock now. And this was a American comedy drama series that aired from 1991 to 1994. It stars Charles S. Dutton as a Baltimore garbage collector, Rock Emerson. And Ella Joyce plays his wife, Eleanor. And she was a nurse. And yeah, basically, it's a traditional television sitcom chronicling the ups and downs of a man from Baltimore who's basically a tightwad and he brings home perks from his roots, so like things that are thrown away by residents. His wife is a registered nurse. He's got a womanizing younger brother called Joey, a near-do-well musician who recently returned to the neighborhood. And his father, Andrew, played by Carl Gordon, who's a retired Pullman porter. And the four principal cast members, they were all actually accomplished stage actors and became acquainted with each other while appearing in various August Wilson plays on Broadway. And after a successful live episode was broadcast in February 1992, 
The producers and the Fox Network agree to air each episode of the second season as a live performance. So yeah, virtually every episode from season two will begin with a prologue in which each one of the cast members directly address the home viewers for a few minutes. And a current events item for the past week or even that very day will be mentioned to prove that viewers were indeed watching a live performance and current events from the previous week were frequently incorporated into the dialogue. I think EastEnders does that sometimes. Where they'll just throw in things that happened during the day, whether it's, I don't know, for example, they, like the World Cup, for example, if England played, like they will try and put it straight away into the I uh, think, episode. I think they must, because they pre-record a lot of this. Stuff. I'm just talking about EastEnders, right? They pre-record yeah, 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 of course it's pre-recorded. But but I think what they must do is record some scenes to be up to date. Like, say, like, something happens. Yeah. Then they record just one scene with these two people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then shove it in the show. Yeah, that's what that, right? that, yeah, that's what they would do. And obviously, one example of this was the 1992 presidential election. So one of the episodes dealt with that, and it aired the Sunday before the election. And they're awaiting the results. The director interrupts the program to mention that the results are unknown, causing dismay among the characters. So. Good stats. It was uh, Rock was the first primetime American scripted series since the late 1950s to broadcast each episode of an entire season live, a feat which hasn't been repeated until the entire third season of Undateable was broadcast live in 2015. A Fox executive reportedly said that Fox didn't, I mean, a Fox executive reportedly said that Rock didn't feel live to audiences because those actors were so good. And they never made a mistake. And after the live format received only a limited ratings boost, the show returned to its original pre-taped format for season. And obviously, as the series went on, it adopted more dramatic tones with several installments, including social commentaries on gang activities, violence among youths, the consequences of drug use on childbirth and the plight of African-Americans in the United States. And there was this whole thing about the powerful drug dealer called Andre, whose efforts throughout the community were met with counter movements from Rock and others. And then there was like a episode where there was like a showdown at Rock's home. And basically he grabs hold of Andre, warning him that actions won't go unchallenged. And then obviously you had like, I think Heavy D was in the show. Also Tone Lock, who was the bear in sea bear and jamal i believe and as yeah storyline progressed victories were back and forth between the two sides and andre taking one of joey's young friends under his influence which basically taunted rock and yeah so um even like with this show like the numbers were pretty much they didn't get much viewers i mean it did do well in african-american households naturally but in terms of like Nielsen ratings, it didn't really break out of the middle of the pack. It was always kind of mid to low. And it gained recognition in the form of award nominations, including an Emmy nomination for its camera work. Charles Sutton receiving a NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Actor in a Comedy Series. The theme song began as God Bless the Child, performed by acapella singer Jerry Lawson, who was the lead singer of The Persuasions, and three unknown studio singers. And then it was eventually replaced with Live Your Life Today, who was performed by the girl group En Vogue. 
I know you don't know who En Vogue is. So En Vogue is an American R&B pop vocal group. And the lineup consisted of singers Terry Ellis, Dawn Robinson, Cindy Heron and Maxine Jones. The group has won seven MTV Video Music Awards, three Soul Train Awards, two American Music Awards and received seven Grammy nominations. December 1999, Billboard magazine ranked the band as the 19th most successful recording artist of the 1990s. They ranked as the second most successful female group of the 1990s. In March 2015, Billboard magazine named the group the ninth most successful girl group of all time. Two of the group's single ranks in Billboard's most successful girl group songs of all time. So Don't Let Go, which is probably like their most famous song, which was number 12. Hold On, which was number 23. And of course, My Loving, You're Never Gonna Get It. That's another huge, huge song of theirs. And they were actually in the show. They played a girl group called... They played the Downtown Divas. Uh, Just a quick note about Charles Dutton. He's had quite the tumultuous life. So when he was 16 in 1967, he got into a fight which resulted in the death of a man. And Dutton was saying that he basically was self-defense. And he pleaded guilty to manslaughter in 1967 and was sentenced to five years at the Maryland House of Correction in Jessup, Maryland. And basically, I think he served another seven years because he got into a fight with a warden. And basically, he's like, look, I served in jail for three years for killing a black guy, but I'm serving eight years more for attacking a white guy in a jail. And then in 1984, he made his Broadway debut in August Wilson's Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And he won a Theatre Theater World Award and a Tony Award nomination for Best Actor. And then obviously he came across doing this show. Ella Joyce was played playing Eleanor Emerson, who's basically a night shift nurse at Harbour Hospital. Joey Emerson, he's basically the freeloading trumpet playing brother, played by Rocky Carroll. And Andrew Pop Emerson, who's basically Rock's widowed father and retired railroad porter. And he was played by uh, Carl Gordon. And like I said, and Vogue were the downtown divas. So Rock, again, this was another show that struck a chord with me. I really liked it. Liked the jokes that were being told. I like how when um, Joey comes back in the uh, the pilot episode and he's like, Joey, yay. And then basically his wife's like, oh, don't you want to say anything more to him? He's like, where's my money? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. Where's my money, Joey? Yeah. (laughs) He's like all those presents that he was supposed to give to his dad that, you know, Rock signed on behalf of Joey. And so the dad was like, oh, thank you so much for all those presents you gave me you didn't forget and, and all this stuff. And he's like, I did that. Not you. I thought it was really good. And I thought like, um, the, on that same episode where he gives him like $20, or was it $50, whatever it is. Yeah. He puts it straight on a horse. <laughs> but a horse comes in. So, um, I thought, I thought that, um, rock was really good. Like the budget seemed to be quite low. Yeah. I'm not sure if you noticed the picture is like almost black and white. Yeah. Yeah. Sure it was the, the, like the film stock they were using or what? Because I didn't realize it was like ninety one. I thought it was much, much earlier than that. Yeah, it did. It did have a feeling. 
of it being from a long, long time ago. Yeah, it did, right? But I thought the show itself was like really, obviously it's kind of very basic. There was like, what, just taped shots of exteriors yeah. and then just single sometimes another room of like um, uh, studio. Yeah. Right. So it's yeah. kind of very basic, very low budget stuff. But I thought the script was fantastic and it was yeah. really well written and delivered. Mm, like everything about it, and even like the actors, they all like trained doing the whole live performances. So, yeah, when you said that, um, just in the notes there, I, I, I kind of figured because it's like there's very little props and very little to go on. Yeah. You know, but they are performing to an audience, and I think that probably, like, yeah, it, it suited them, I think. I, di- I mean, I did notice, I mean, it's not very like noticeable, but there would be like bits where, not like forgetting their lines, but it would be like, um, it would just be like a little, it would be like a little quick. Um, so the story today um, is about, blah, 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 but it's yeah, yeah. very, very small and subtle and you don't, you don't really notice it, except for me, I noticed it. But uh, no, it's, it was, it was really, really well done. And when I think of like, they did it for like a whole whole series of the live audience that is and normally they would have like a good 20 25 episodes in a in a series back then so they managed to do that with all of that so i thought that was pretty darn impressive i think like having worked in in live television like the thought of doing anything live is like a it's an incredible feat now add live um drama to that and like the whole studio kind of set up where you've yeah. got to move props, you've got to move cameras, because it's not just like, it's not it's not just a, the actors that have got to be in the right place and learn their lines. Yeah, the cameramen have to be in the right space, in the right spots, getting the right shots. The, the the director has to be making sure that every shot he calls yeah. up by the vision mixer is spot on. You know, there was no like missed shots with the. It sometimes like with with. Like the director can say like uh for example uh ready camera one take camera one and camera one has just started to frame up a shot and the and the vision mixer has just cut it you know there was no mistakes like that and just the whole thought of the whole life production going as smoothly as it did you know with maybe a couple a missed line here and there but like that's barely noticeable i didn't yeah notice it. no 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 like i said it you you unless you're like going out of your way to notice it maybe once i read that it was live i was like oh let me try and see spot the mistake yeah. <laughs> i think like the 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 bump shots you see kind of like you know when they change scene and and they kind of take a wide shot of all the cameras and stuff like that and the people moving the the furniture out of the way um yeah i thought those were quite a cool like passing of time but then it doesn't it for me it didn't retract from the story because sometimes like that like like the whole point of television, right, is the suspension of disbelief. Right? Yeah. So you exactly. don't ever take away from the viewer that that moment that they're in. But what I found really, really, really good and kind of like odd in a way that it worked was the fact that they they retracted you from the story immediately. Yeah. They show you the cameras and the fact yeah. that people are moving sets out the way, and then bam, they're straight back in it, and and you you're not any more like you're not disengaged. You're still straight yeah. back in there. And I thought. That in itself was a very effective piece of filmmaking that, like you know, can can go unnoticed. Mm. I think trust you to big up the backstage production and really emphasize their role. It's not just the actors; it's the cameramen, it's the vision mixers, it's the producers, it's everything yeah. that goes with it. Because yeah, like yeah, y'all don't get love. Like I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Because obviously, I'm more 
in front of a camera guy then behind. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, yeah, just... He was just taking the glory. Make sure I look good. <laughs> make sure my mic is on. And yeah, y'all, y'all, do, y'all do you in the background. Whereas me, me, me in front and, and everything that goes with it. But no, that's a really good uh, analysis and breakdown of uh, the the functions and how they were for one whole season doing a whole life a whole life piece and like i said yeah it wasn't it wasn't anything that they did that 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 stood out to be to be wrong and obviously it's like it's a great experience and it's a great tool to have yeah, being yeah. able to work a live audience and do everything live and because like normally when i've done things live I've always found it to the thing that I always find the most daunting is if I stop, if I run out, if I don't know what I'm saying next. Yeah, yeah. As long as I'm going and I'm flowing and it's normal, then then it's fine. It's the bit like the the pause, the stop. Because obviously here, like we're recording this, I can do I can do what I like. I can I can pause. I can sit down and say nothing. I can swear. I can mess up. It's fine. I can just fix that all in post, but there is no post if it's live. Yeah, so like, like, you're kind of out there. We live, baby, and there's nothing you can do if it goes wrong or if you forget a line or if you're if you're thinking to yourself, oh, God, I'm running out of road. I'm running out of paper. I'm running out of words. And yeah, like to, to I always think, yeah, don't don't think. Maybe we should try broadcasting live one day, just like the hundredth episode or something like that. We should try doing it live. I don't mind. And seeing like, you know, seeing how hard it is. I mean, I've never this is the first time I've ever done something like this, never mind doing it live. Yeah. I mean the first episode felt like it was live. <laughs> I mean, damn, the first episode that that felt like live because it was like, Oh my god, this is the first time I'm doing anything like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like I that I have I have had experience of like doing things live, like going. I think Facebook Live was probably the last time I did something where it's just like, um, yeah, you got to say something now, and you just got to make sure that you don't have anything not to say. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, yeah. it's gonna look really, really daft if you're just sitting there in silence, thinking, I don't know what I'm about to say next. I don't know what I'm gonna say. It's. I think it's like um to be able to talk like that live and. You know when the when the kind of red light comes on and you're just you're yeah. there and you're out there. I think to be able to carry on, yeah, in that kind of environment is like incredible feat. Definitely, definitely, and uh, yeah, that's that's one big compliment I have to give to to those guys. Like they they did their job and they did it brilliantly. And obviously, yeah, it, as 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 I said, it didn't really make a difference to the rating, so they just went back as is yeah. to their regularly scheduled programming of just doing it without the live audience so uh episodes let's talk about episodes of uh of this show what 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 did you watch well you, you did the the pilot already yeah um it was kind of about the wife's birthday and the introduction of like uh, all the characters mm-hmm. um then i went on to episode so i'm not sure what season it was but it's episode 20 where um they started kind of moving outside so obviously he's a he's a bin man right right and he's in the kind of depot and and he has to 
mentor. Oh, song. I've watched this one. A piece of the rock. Yeah. So then, but then it turns off like it turns out it's a woman. Yeah. And everyone's kind of kind of freaks out. A, a bit. young Tisha Campbell Martin. She, yeah, the my wife and kids. Yeah. Uh, actress, right? Yeah. So I was like, first I spotted her straight away. I was like, oh wow, like someone I know. <laughs> I'm amazed you know her. I've seen my wife and kids is great. So no, it's not. But we will get to that during the next. <laughs> I think my I think my wife and kids. I will talk about them and talk about the Hughleys. But yeah, I think it's overrated. Okay, fair enough. But I mean, we'll, we'll get to that. I liked it. Um, yeah. So the whole story is about um, she comes in, and then it's kind of like a he doesn't think a woman can do the job. Turns out she's fantastic at the job, but she takes a shine into him, and no one believes him when he says like, "Oh, this woman fancies me, and she won't leave me alone. What do I do?" And everyone kind of just like boys him off. Yeah, and yeah, he, yeah. And he tells his wife, and his wife comes comes in and tries to beat her up, basically. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I thought it was quite it's quite nice. Um, uh, then I watched episode. So I didn't know about the they did a whole series, so I kind of wrote a few wrote I've written a few notes about them uh, doing a live because they did the kind of live bump shot at the beginning. So not bump shot, kind of live intro. Oh, I didn't see you there. I was kind of doing my thing and this and that. And the other. So I thought it was quite cool. <laughs> um, basically, all my notes were about it being live and we've already spoken about it. But yeah, it's kind of the one where they have to go up to the loft and they're clearing out the boxes. But in the boxes are like things that they remind them of different times and whatever. And the whole point is they're looking for a mouse um, to, to, to get rid of. Um yeah, that's all I wrote on that episode because most of my notes were about it being live and we could have done it. But um, all in all, honestly, I thought this show was really good. Um, mm. The 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 cam, not the camera, but kind of the film, whatever they're using, the film stock, the tape, whatever it was, looked kind of black and white and and low budget. The whole thing was a bit low budget. I think it was a very low budget show, but it looked. I'm sorry, it didn't look great, but it was great. Like the the characters were great. The yeah. script was great. And I really enjoyed the show as a whole. Yeah. And I think maybe because people thinking, oh, we're going to give all the budget to like Family Matters and Fresh yeah. Prince. Yeah, I think they're the other kind of big black sitcoms that were that were around back then. And it looked like maybe they had all the money for budgets and and, 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 and what have you. But yeah, again, I, I, I watched a, a ton of episodes. I think I watched six episodes of Rack. I watched the pilot as as we kind of talked about that. I then watched the episode called "For He's Not a Jolly Good Fellow." So basically, there's a guy at work called Leon, and he's like a veteran garbage collector, and he's basically being forced to retire. And basically, Rock is trying to comfort him, and he's basically thinking, "Right, I'm going to throw him a retirement party because I think that's going to be a, a really, really good way to." show him how much we appreciate him but leon is very bitter because he's i think he's a a widower and he's become really really alone and bitter about all the years that he's 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 not been um with anybody and yeah so they're basically having a uh a retirement party to basically show him look we, you've got mates we we love you we care about you and and, and all that jazz and basically, Rock's father is hurt by the idea because he never had a retirement party when he retired. And he's like, look, I, I didn't spend 35 years as a train porter and nobody ever threw me a party. And basically, Leon's like, he comes to the house and he discovers they're all like going, surprise, woo, woo, woo. And he's all like, oh, you didn't do this for me. You did this for you. 
you're you don't you don't care about me you don't you don't care he goes all you just want is to like people to like you and people to see you in a in in a in a in a positive light he's like i know your game like i know you're trying to like mug me off he goes i'm not i'm not i'm not gonna have it and he's like you know you could uh shove your uh retirement party where the where the sun don't shine and yeah, as I think we kind of mentioned briefly, a piece of the rock. And basically, Angela Kimbro, who's a trainee, she's like this, you know, good looking, beautiful woman, young. And basically, he's worried that he's going to be too distracted. And she's basically as strong as all of the other male sanitation workers. And she's basically like to rock. Oh, I'm really, really attracted to you. I don't really care that you're married. And he's basically trying to tell his family and no one believes him. And she's basically paying up to it. And, she's, and he's basically like, you know, what's your deal? Like, what's your problem? And then his wife, I don't think, believes him. But I think turns out she did. And she was like basically waiting in the background. And she's like, oh, you better keep your hands off my man and all that, all that jazz. And he was like, oh, so you didn't trust me to handle the situation on my own. And she's like, you forgot your lunch, mate. <laughs> that's why I'm here. It just with the bag like that. So that light relief comedy, that that's always great. She's like, Yeah, he goes, I'm confident you would have handled it on your own. And then he was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna make sure she gets a transfer out of here and she 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 she'll never she'll never be uh she'll never be seen again. Watch the couple from season two. So million dollar brother. So basically, Rock is offered a deal by a rich white businessman to become partners in a waste management company. But then Rock realizes that he potentially could be going into business with a racist. And he only wants to use Rock for PR purposes. And basically, when he's talking to this guy, he's coming up with every racist trope conceivable. He has something to say about Mexicans. He has something to say about Jewish people. He has something to say about black people. He has something to say about just about everybody. And Rock confronts him. And he's like, you know, I think you're a bigot. I think you're a racist. And he's all like, no, I'm not. I don't see race. I'm I'm colorblind. I, 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 I. He's like, oh, I've got a, a Mexican guy who's doing my garden for me and a Jewish guy that counts all my money and all and all this, you know, every every trope that you can think of. And he's like, you know, well, color is in vogue and you're going to and he's talking to the wife and he goes, oh, well, diversity, that's the fashion, that's the vogue and all this stuff. And he's like, oh, you're definitely going to get promoted because, you know, positive discrimination and, and, and all of that stuff. And then he realizes, look, I'm no way I'm gonna get into business with this guy. You're just a, you're just a racist. You're using me for PR purposes. You don't really care about diversity because obviously he's like, oh, let me hire my own people. And then the guy was like, um, that won't be necessary because I'm just gonna do it all for you. So yeah, that's what he's like. Yep, no deal, mate. No deal. And then I watched one called the Parent Thing. So basically, Rock is giving boxing lessons to his friend's son. But it turns out that the the friend he's really really hard toward his son. He's one of those like really pushy parents that basically wants to live vicariously through the child. And so basically, he doesn't want to be a boxer, but doesn't really have the courage to tell his dad. He wants to be a ventriloquist. And so he's basically like, uh, well, you're gonna have to tell your dad. 
And he's basically telling his dad, look, I don't want to be a boxer. There's too much pressure. That's your dream. That's not my dream. You have to, you know, you have to allow me to, to try and find my own dream, try and find my own path. And this is not the path for me. And in the last episode I watched was Joey in love. And so basically Joey is in, he's fancies one of the singers of a local music group, the local music group happening to be in vogue. And they basically, he's like to one of the singers, look, you need to quit the group. And you, because obviously I think they get offered a six month European tour. And obviously that's a big break for a local band. And Joey's like, oh, but I'm for the first time, I'm actually in love with this woman and I don't want her to go. And so he's basically making her choose between her career or her man. And basically Rock is trying to tell him, look, that if you truly love her, then let her go. Yeah. Let her go and let her live her dreams. And basically, if you're meant to be together, when she comes back, you'll be together. And basically, Joey's like to Kim, look, don't disappoint your friends. Don't quit the group. Go on this European tour. Become the biggest and best band that you can be. And have some amazing, amazing singles. And yeah, you guys are you guys are gonna be you guys are gonna be awesome. And yeah, that was the uh, the last episode I watched of Rock. So that was uh yeah, that was a really, really good show. I really liked it. Liked in Vogue in it too. They were good in the group. I mean they were good in the uh in the show. Yeah, so this was like really, really, really good stuff. Move on. Yep. Hooglies. <laughs> yep, that's right. We're going on now to the Hooglies and we're going back to September 1998 again. I think this is like the seventh program that we've done in September 1998. Got to find out why September. I have to find out why. It can't be a coincidence. Top of my head, that's when the school year starts. Obviously, kids come back after school. Brand new show. Boom. We're going to put these out. Yeah, I suppose. If, uh, That's a theory I have. I'm going to find out. But this is a this is a potential podcast in and of itself, right? September, September, September. But yeah, some of the other things happening in September, which I'm sure I didn't mention before. The government of North Korea adopts a military dictatorship on its 50th anniversary. The Cuban Five intelligence agents are arrested in Miami and convicted of espionage. The agents claim that they were not spying against the United States government, but against the Cuban exile community in Miami. Iranian President Mohammad Khatami retracts a fatwa against Satanic Verses author Salman Rushdie. That was in force since 1989, stating that the Iranian government will neither support nor hinder assassination operations on Rushdie. Rush Hour was in cinemas and because we'd done pretty much every song that came out in September 1998 I decided to go with the number two song which was Everybody Get Up by Five so this was in the charts in September 1998 and was probably number two behind any of the other songs that we'd already mentioned in the charts um, so yeah the Hughleys or the Hughleys as we're saying because we're British 
It was an American sitcom that aired from September 98 to May 2002. And it starred comedian D.L. Hughley as the main character, Daryl Hughley, so he's basically playing himself. And Yvonne, his hardworking wife, and they moved their family from the inner city to suburban LA. And yeah, the plot is involving the successful vending machine business owner moving his family to from a South LA ghetto to West Hills, which was a predominantly white neighborhood in the San Fernando Valley. And Daryl and his family are trying to adjust to living in an all-white area, trying not to forget who they are, where they came from. And yeah, they they befriend their neighbors, Sally and Dave, who are the polar opposite of Daryl and Yvonne. And the story has many racial themes that are usually comedic, as Daryl makes fun of other races, especially his white and Korean neighbors. Just a quick note on Daryl Hughley. He's best known as the original host of BET's Comic View from 92 to 93. The eponymous character, obviously, the Hughleys. And he's known as one of the big four comedians in the original Kings of Comedy. The other three, including Steve Harvey, Bernie Mac and Cedric the Entertainer. Quick rundown on the characters. You've got, like I said, Daryl Hughley, who's playing himself. You've got his two children, Sidney and Michael. Yvonne, who plays his wife. Dave and Sally Rogers, who are the next-door neighbours. And then you've got Millsap, who's like the best friends. Now, where did Millhouse. you recognise Millsap from? Millhouse. No, where did you recognise him from? Which one was Millsap? Millsap was the friend, the bold guy. Oh, the one that just... Is he the one that just said, like, he, in the first episode, he's like, uh, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, you're yeah, going yeah, white. Yeah, but where have you seen him from? I don't know, man. He was Overton in Living Single. I can't even remember living single anymore. No, I know, but I can't remember because remember there's that that one where the Black Friends. There's a guy I liked him and I thought he was really funny and and you hated him. Black Friends. It's basically a group of people. It starred Queen Latifah. Yeah, I remember it, but I've forgotten which one because we watched loads of very similar shows like that. All right, never mind. You don't know. All right, let's talk about let's talk about this show now. Phones down, Paul. Phones I'm, down. I'm just checking him. Phone's down. Sorry. Too late. You phone's don't know. Down. My phone's down. Sorry. I'm paying talk, attention. Talk, talk about the current show now. That's my go. Um, can I pull my notes up? So the first thing I noticed was that the character, sorry, the cameras and the, because I watched this straight after The Rock, the cameras and the, the picture quality was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing I noticed. It wasn't that amazing. Well, but then if you're comparing, yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as opposed to <clears> that, yeah. Um, yeah, so obviously, like you said, it was kind of like a um, uh, they kind of move, and this is when I started to notice about the classism thing, yeah, and how the 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 conflict between you know their the black culture and money, yeah, is kind of, they feel like it's conflicting, yeah, with, yeah, you know, yeah, with, with yeah, it. yeah. Um, I thought that the show was actually really good and really well done. I, I wanted to ask you a question, right? Because there's a guy, there's a white lady outside, right? And I think both of them kind of. He gets the wrong end of the stick of what she's asking him, but I, wa- I, want- I wanted to get your opinion. Yeah. So, obviously, like, kind of the, the social, like, um, faux pas is that the black guy is there to do a work. He can't possibly be living there, right? That's kind of what yeah. they're playing on. And the lady, so she asked him to move the, the trash from the, 
wherever it was to the end of the driveway so it would get picked up. Yeah. And I think that she was doing it, asking if she was kind of just a rude old lady. Yeah. Or she was just an old lady that can't do it. I think that was the whole thing. Yeah. So that was the kind of thing. But I wanted to ask you, what would you do if that happened to you? Like someone kind of just assumed wrongly of what you were doing? I mean, it's a good question. Especially someone old that you kind of have to automatically respect. I think I would just do it my my initial instinct would just be to do it. It wouldn't it wouldn't be, oh this old lady thinks. Yeah yeah yeah. That's my job. I have to serve her. I wouldn't I wouldn't think of that. I would just think oh, it's an old lady. She needs help. Help her. Yeah. But if there was a a tone in her voice that suggested otherwise, then I would maybe stop and think. Right. Okay. What's what's your deal here? But. My initial reaction would just be, yeah, whatever, help her. Yeah, it's because it's quite a tricky thing, right? Like, I mean, just it's tricky in the sense that if she's just basically asking you, yeah, and then you're, you just go ahead and do it. But if it's a, if it's a case where there's a tone to her voice, there's a an expectation of her voice from coming from her voice, then I would think, hang on a second, is this a favor or is this someone asking me to do something that I don't have to do? kind of thing yeah and i've got another question because so i'm going to kind of sort of swoop into the episodes right because only because there's kind of a lot of issues in the first episode that i wanted to kind of talk about with you because this has come from a perspective that i don't really kind of know or yeah 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 or would have thought of necessarily before so imagine in the future hopefully you have a chill have children right and you have a daughter right right I'm talking in a hypothetical, obviously, situation at the moment. You don't actually have a daughter right now. Um, <laughs> and you you go buy her a toy. <laughs> and I know where I'm going. going. Right? Yeah. And, 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 and she picks up a, 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 a white doll. What what do you do? Like, is it like... I would do what he does. Sneak <laughs> in a room in the middle of the night and take the white doll. Get her, get her, get her, get her a black doll. With a big afro and braids and what have you. Yeah. I thought it was just like, it's kind of like a... No, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I don't want her to not know her roots and yeah, where, yeah. Where, where she comes from. That's always going to be the most important thing. Like she's going to be taught that she's a, a, a black woman and that in an ideal world that she would want to relate and she would want to gravitate towards things and characters or things that look a lot like her yeah because i think like what from from obviously what this girl for in the obviously in the in the the first episode the girl's kind of like has been socially conditioned to think to to relate to and to want to aspire to the white doll yeah which is kind of why she wants it in the first place um i'm guessing i kind of just put in I mean, that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. So I just kind of wanted like the the conflict inside of you. You're thinking, actually, no, like, I want you to be like this, but the girl's kind of like this. And yeah, yeah, very yeah. Very tricky. So I thought it was very like a very sensitive and very serious problem that was like wrapped up in this comedy genius. Yeah, And I yeah. thought it was really, really good. And also his then shame of like when he doesn't even want to take the doll to the till. Yeah. He, he was going to take it to the white girl and the white girl's yeah. like, I'm done. Yeah, and he has to take it to the black, <laughs> the black girl, and she's like, "It's just little things like that." Where I thought this that this show was 
criminally underrated. Yeah, yeah. Crimin- I think one of the most underrated shows we've done so far. Definitely. Definitely. I'd say that without any hesitation. Actually, Rock and, and the Hughleys, for me, are... They were too amazing. Underrated All shows. the shows this week, honestly, were fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, obviously, being from here, it's like we never got these shows when we were growing up. Yeah, we only got the ones that really were amplified in magnitude. So, like my wife and kids and and Fresh Prince. That's what we only really got. Yeah. And yeah, I I did like Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but I liked my wife and kids. I did, but I don't think it was as good as as people made it out to be. No, but I think it's like you actually hit on a really good point. So, like, our English black sitcoms and TV shows are pretty sure are non-existent. Pretty much. Right? Yeah. Um, maybe maybe that we, we spotted there were two, right? Well, we did Ka-Ching, didn't we? There was and then Ka-Ching obviously the Desmonds. Was, yeah, the Desmonds. Yeah, that's the one. And we we str- I'm pretty sure we struggled to think of any more. And we got a very watered-down version of what America had to offer. Because we yeah. only, back in, we had terrestrial TV and when digital TV came out, we had... Well, apparently Trouble used to show all these shows. Trouble, that was the one. That was, I forgot. Yeah, Trouble that doesn't show, exist anymore, right? No, I don't think so. But Trouble shows a fair amount of these shows. Yes, yeah, so we had Trouble, Comedy Central now. Yeah, Boomerang. E4 maybe. No, E4 now used to show nothing. They, they'll just show Friends, so they'll show like the big shows. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, it was few and five. We got a very watered down version of what... Um, America but, offering for sure, but no, like in terms of like obviously black sitcoms and sh- comedy shows, like obviously it's stacked. Is there's there's so many out there to like watch and to choose from, so there is scope where the Hughleys and and Rock can get missing in the shuffle because yeah, there's yeah. so much to choose from. You're like, man, what am I gonna watch? What what I'm gonna watch this? I'm gonna watch that? You know, is this? You don't you don't you don't really know what to do with yourself but i do think this is incredible like the way i think my fa- my wife and kids is overrated this is underrated yeah 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 i completely agree i mean i never even heard of this show no like not even like an idea about it and and when i watched it like it's like i said with the i think it was the jeffersons as well like and even the rock to be honest like normally it takes me a long time to get into these shows yeah 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 and it didn't take me long at all yeah. i was like i was straight in there yeah, like I, I think I think like Daryl Hughley is so funny. Yeah. Like he's just like the 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 timing, the comedy, the jokes. Like everything about this show was just it was so good. It was so funny. I really enjoyed it. Really laughed at all the jokes. Again, the script writing was, was great. And Chris Rock was an executive yeah. producer on it. Yeah, I did I did uh I did spot that. So yeah, I mean he pretty much knows what he's doing when it comes to the big screen and and tv shows and and movies and so on and so on and so forth but like honestly like this was this was so good yeah i agree um episodes yeah let's 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 go for it so we so we did the first one right so when the the pretty much it's kind of all about the um uh finding out how your lifestyle now fits into where you came from right? yeah and Millsap's all like oh you're on a slippery slope to losing your blackness and then obviously he he's going to the shop and then she's buying white doll and he's like even with the neighbor he's like i'm not really sure what to say because i don't want to say the wrong thing and all this stuff and he's like, oh you just think i'm just a, a poor black guy who shouldn't be in this neighborhood and he's like no that's not what i think but what i think it is is like he's always 
putting his mouth in it. It's just like, just be quiet. Don't <laughs> say anything. Um, kind of thing. Yeah, so first episode was very, very good. Yeah. Like, uh, I thought as a pilot. Yeah. Or I think it was a pilot, right? Yeah, so it was a, the pilot. So it sets the tone. And yeah, I thought it set it really well and yeah. uh, and introduced characters perfectly. I mm-hmm. Really, really successful. Even the kids were funny. Yeah. Um, then I watched series two, episode one, Young Guns. Which I watched Young Guns too. It, it was kind this of, was an excellent episode, I thought. I thought another one and an, another decision to break the fourth wall at the very, very beginning, the kind yeah, of, you know, the yeah, kind of yeah. prologue or whatever, to the episode. I thought it, was, it had nothing to do with the episode whatsoever. No. But it was funny, you know, kind of making fun of the fact that a lot of TV shows have to sell out and change their ideas if they want a second series and if they yeah. want more money from the uh, 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 from the from the studios. Um so basically, they turned the, the wife into some random white girl. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a couple more things. But that was just kind of for a joke. So the episode was actually about guns and, and, and gun crime, right? Yeah. Um. So there was... Um, so they're considering putting metal detectors. Yeah. So it starts off with kind of like putting a... There's There's been a shooting, yeah. I think, in another school. Yeah. Right? And or kids have been caught bringing guns. Oh, yeah. There's a gun found in a locker, right? Yeah. yeah so, and they were going to put metal detectors to try and, like, hopefully stop this from happening. And there's kind of like, a, yeah, but we don't want to treat them like criminals. And there's other people like, yeah, but we don't want them to have guns. And some people are like, it's, it's okay to have guns. It's our American right to have guns. And this yeah. And, the um, and then turns out that um, Daryl says, I've still got my gun from when. We were. It was is Daryl, right? Yeah. Kind of went on that, and it. No, it is. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then his wife was like, "I thought you got rid of it. You're in trouble now," kind of thing. Um. And anyway, so they're on their way home from having kind of this argument, and there's like the police are, are blocked off the road, and there's yeah. loads of police around. These, and he said, "Oh, there's been a shooting at this house, and it happens to be their house." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they rush home, and, um, they rush home, and 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 they're saying like uh what happened and they think that the shots come through into the house but actually the kids found his gun because he goes and said right i'm going to get my gun because if they come back i'm going to be ready and he and he kind of he takes out his gun and he smells it and he can smell the gunpowder and yeah the, the, it's, the it's, residue and yeah, yeah. And it's gone off so he calls his kids is like listen what the hell were you doing and he said yeah we we nearly shot ourselves because we dropped it and the gun went off and and so he kind of says right that's it i'm done with guns yeah 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 um and that was kind of the the resolution of the episode uh the next episode i watched was very nice surprise because it was series three episode 15 i don't know the name of the episode but um knock at the door or whatever and in walks billy d williams <laughs> and i was like yes uh, fantastic like um uh, you know uh, probably most famous for playing Lando Calrissian in uh, Star Wars, right, right. Um, <laughs> also, also played Harvey Dent in Batman. Oh, I didn't know that before, like, um, like a few months ago when I watched the original Batman. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so he turns out to be Daryl's dad that did a runner when he was little. Oh, okay. I think it's called Roots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Um, and then. Um, then his mum comes and she hasn't seen him since he ran off either and they kind of have a bit of a to and fro. Yeah. Um, but his dad's come back to pass on some inheritance that um, I think his his dad died and passed on some... Yeah. He, he had like a vineyard that was um, passed down to 
to Daryl and he had to pass it on. Um, and then it turns out that they see their mum, he sees his mum and his dad in a hotel and he thinks that they're kind of getting together, but they're actually discussing something. Yeah. And it's kind of a thing like, oh, they're getting back together and this and that and the other. Turns out that's not the case. And they're just discussing some of the inheritance and the and what to do about certain things. And then at the end of it, um, Billy D. Williams teaches him to ride a bike because he didn't do it when he was little. Yeah. Oh. That was, that was quite sweet. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so it was, I kind of made it sound really boring, but it was really fun. No, it was that. good. I'm yeah. sure it was anyway. I, I, I did I did um, look at this episode. I thought, shall I watch it? But I decided to go with, uh, with others. Um, yeah, that's me done for the three that I watched. Oh, very nice, very nice. So uh, I watched uh, season one, episode four class clown and so basically daryl he's a big joker he likes to tell jokes and he finds out that his son michael is the same so he's going to the school because i think michael forgot his lunch so he's like literally sneaking around and he's like seeing michael telling jokes even though like michael's really clever and he's like oh look you need to stop telling jokes and basically he walks into the classroom and he's like michael stop acting a fool and get on with your work kind of thing. And then so he's, he, and then he's like to Michael, look, you're the only black guy in the school. You're representing all of us. You're representing your whole race. You need to stop acting like the fool. Otherwise that's what, that's what everyone's going to think of black people. They're going to think that they're all, that they're all stupid. And so Michael decides to not tell jokes anymore. And he's becoming like really boring and vapid and just like lifeless and so I think the the compromise was look Daryl's like, look, I see you're getting an A in history, but you're getting like a, a C in maths. So he goes, oh, basically, you could tell all the jokes you want in history. When it comes to maths, you better be quiet and take care of business kind of thing. So that was a really, really, really good episode. Obviously, we talked about Young Guns. And then episode three, Honey, I Beat the Kids. So basically, Michael's misbehaving and basically Daryl gives him a spanking. And then Daryl's basically learning a lesson about raising children. And that's not necessarily the best way of raising your kids if you're like spanking them all the time or beating them all the time because you don't want them to be afraid of you. That's not the way to like get respect. And yeah, that was a, an interesting, uh, interesting story. And then I love you. You're fired. So basically, Daryl's assistant quits and Yvonne fills in. And basically, their working relationship quickly deteriorates because Daryl's basically like to her, look, my assistant gets me sandwiches. Go get me sandwiches. He's all like, well, no. And he's like, oh, well, if you're not going to do your job, I'm just going to fire you. And basically, I think Daryl's mum in the Hughleys is also Florence in The Jeffersons. Oh, really? The same actress, yeah. I did not notice. I did, I did look at her for, oh my God, is that... I can't I can't think of her name off the top of my head. I was like, oh my God, is that Flo Florence. from the, the Jeffersons? And it, and it turned out that it was. And basically, he gets security on his wife. And he's like, you know, security, get her out of here. And they're basically carrying her out. And he's basically taking a picture of her. And then he goes back home and he's like, look... I'm sorry about what happened. I got a little carried away. I don't want us to like affect things. And he's like, this is what happens. Maybe we shouldn't mix our work and uh, home life together. So that's how that kind of came to an end. 
And yeah, the last episode I watched was The Thin Black Line. So basically, Yvonne's cousin makes a documentary of the Hughleys. And in the documentary, the actual filmmaker is always like dropping subtle hints that he could be selling out by moving to the white suburbs. And within this film, Sydney gets into a fight with girls at school, like black girls at school, because they think that she's all white or whatever. And then Sydney's all like, I don't talk like that, do I? She's like, oh, you ain't one of us. And then Sydney's like, oh, don't you mean to say you are not one of us? And he's like, no, I meant you ain't one of us. <laughs> and then Sydney's like trying to fail her exams on purpose because she doesn't want to be seen as being too clever. And basically Daryl is like, look to the filmmaker. Like He goes, look, what do you want to do in life? He goes, you want to make a, a big film? You want to make a lot of money? He goes, what are you going to do? Are you going to stay in your neighborhood? Or are you going to try and move to a, a nicer apartment and, and, and want a better life? Don't you want that? And so in the film, he's basically telling Sydney, like, look, you you being black, that's enough. Like, don't worry about anything else. You try and be the most cleverest, best person that you can be. And that's more than enough. And so in the film, they basically, you know, learn learn the lesson about how they can balance their blackness as part of being in a new kind of neighborhood. And there's like, you know, really funny clips where he's making the kids wear like African clothing during to dinner. And they're like, oh, we don't really like this place. Can we go to like a, a Chinese restaurant or like a really fancy restaurant? And they're like, uh, no, we're going to go to this restaurant instead. And he's just all like, oh, well. And he's like making them all wearing all clothes like dashikis. And he goes, oh, we're going to go on holiday. And they're like, oh, to Disney World? And he goes, no, we're going to go to the motherland. And the kids are like, are we going to grandma's again? <laughs> and he's like, no, we're going to go to the motherland, Africa. And he goes, oh, can we go skiing in Tanzania? And he goes, no, we're not going to go skiing in Tanzania. He goes, we don't, we don't go skiing, do we? And the 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 white couple, it was so funny. They were like, um, oh, they've got a swimming pool, but they don't really use it. And they were all like, um, what do you mean? And he's all like, I'm really, really sorry. That's not what it means. Like, apparently there's a thing about black people who can't swim. I was not aware of this. Yeah, it's, it's like a, a, a thing. Yeah, like black people can't swim and black people don't like the water. And so that kind of made him look like a, a complete and not a tool. <laughs> and so he had to like do a whole statement going, oh, that is not what I meant. That's not what I mean. Like, this is, you know, you're, 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 you're twisting my words. It's, it's coming out all wrong. And uh, one episode I did remember watching, but I didn't make a note of it, was basically they're talking about secrets and... And how, like, you know, couple, like, they're saying, oh, who, 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 who lies more, men, men or women? And they're all kind of arguing amongst each other, going, oh, men argue more or women argue more. And they basically, they find out about each other's secrets. So Daryl, he's got, like, this nice fancy watch. Like, Yvonne has got a credit card of her own. Um, I think Dave's got, like, a, a motorbike. And basically, Sally didn't have a secret, but she had like this letter and she was writing a letter. And I don't know, I think it was it was meant to be for Dave, but Dave misconstrued it as being for something else. 
And so they're all like, oh, well, we've all got these secrets and, and lies and, and whatever. And it found out that Millsap, he basically stores everybody's things in his garage and he basically gets money out of them all. <laughs> so like one of the neighbors had, yeah, like Dave had his motorbike. Someone else had like their jet ski. And he's just like, oh, white people. Cashing in. Yeah, he's just, like, he's just basically cashing in. And he's like to uh, Daryl, oh, if you want to hide something in here, you let me know, brother. I, I got you. I got you. And he's like, oh, no, I don't want to hide anything. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll wear my watch in front of my wife when she isn't looking and all, and, all, and, all, and, all, and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, that was a, that was a really, really fun, fun episode. And uh, we've now got to choose. Do you want to go first? See, or do this you is a real pick em. I will go. Okay, I'll go first. I'm going to go with the Hughleys. Why? Because this was, like I said, it was criminally underrated. Like, obviously, okay, I didn't, I didn't hear a rock either. But with this show in particular, it just it, it struck a chord with me. Like DL Hughley, like he's so funny. He should be where Chris Rock and Chris Tucker are or or where Kevin Hart is or whatever big comedian is out there. He should be up there with them. There's a reason why he's one of the kings of comedy. He did a sitcom. It was very, very good. It was very, very funny. Yeah. I was laughing nonstop with this. And so, yeah, I'm going to go with the Hughleys or Hughleys. Hughleys. I, for the first time in 2020, I'm going to disagree with you and I'm going to go Rock. Ooh. Um, I found Rock to be more... I, don't get me wrong, because so this week was one that they were both fantastic. Like, I can't... It was, real pick'em. Yeah, it was a real pick'em. And I, I just felt felt like... I found the rock more charming and kind of just more like a, like more sweet kind of thing in a, in yeah. a way. I thought like there's some real like it's really it's really tricky to choose between them, but I just felt like I connected more with the rock than I did with Hulies. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. That's that's a pretty good uh, explanation to be fair. But yeah, like both shows, all three shows this week was magnificent completely agree go out of your way to watch them they're all available on the uh, interweb somewhere but i mean we spoke for nearly shows. we spoke for nearly two hours on on uh on all three shows this week i know that that that, that should give you a, a just a, an example of just how good they are like i can talk about the jeffersons for another two hours and do <laughs> more george jefferson impressions and you my wife wheezy and uh yeah on that on that uh belligerent note uh, i think it'll be a good place to bring it to an end and uh yesterday's capers is available wherever you get your podcast from so uh go out there and and listen to it like share subscribe tell your mates tell your mates 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 and uh listen to it and uh, we're available on the socials on instagram it's yesterday's capers one on twitter it's yesterday capers I'm on Instagram at Abdullah underscore Molim. Twitter, it's Abdullah Molim, all one word. Give me a holler. Give me a shout. And uh, yeah, join us next week for the last Black History Month episode of Yesterday's Capers. Oh, one more, one more thing before we just quickly. So uh, next week would be um, the would be after Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder, right? The next, the next episode. Yep. Who have you got? Bomb Squad! Really? I, I, you know, I believe in him. I, 
he's he's won me over. Totally won me over. Deontay Wilder has, has won you over. Yes. When he did that interview with Radio Raheem, talking about how he shouldn't have to explain the complexities of race. And he's like, to yeah, we day. still be... Yeah, to this day. That won me over. Like, I was like, I'm fully subscribed to the Deontay Wilder. And he's got that one punch. Tyson Fury has to box great for 12 rounds. Deontay Wilder just needs one punch. Fair enough. I mean, I'm Tyson Fury, man. Like, I just... I really want him to... I do think Tyson Fury, if he if he can if he can keep away, yeah, from his right hand, he'll win. I mean, he beat he beat him last time. He just got rocked. I think he did, but then I I think with the with because there was um there was there was a couple of ten eight rounds to Wilder, and I think that kind of made a decision. It, it made the judges make a decision in that respect. Yeah, I I don't know. I think it was. I know some a couple wrong. of yeah, like like me. I had I had Fury by like at least a couple of rounds. Yeah, yeah. Comfortably for me, won that fight comfortably. But devil's advocate, I can see why the judges maybe thought right. This guy like KO'd him in two different rounds. Like, no, you not just him the down one, Yeah, right? yeah. No, no. He knocked him down in I think round eight or round nine. He knocked him out again. It wasn't just the the last round. Oh. There was other rounds where he like KO'd him, and there was obviously there was the two ten eight rounds. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like that made you know give gave him a decision. And uh, yeah, join us next week for another episode of Yesterday's Capers.